right, it's great to see all of you here in worship today. We have people this morning here all the way from Denmark. Give them a hand, all right? Yeah. All right. I want to give you a free gift, a souvenir from Northside. Can I give that to y'all? All righty. And if you all be around for a few days, there's free coffee tokens to the Vibe downtown. Feel free to use those down there. You might even let the Williams have a couple if they want to, all right? Great to see you guys here today. And it's great to see all of you with us in worship this morning. And people are watching us today by Facebook Live on three. Everybody say hello. One, two, three. Hello. All right. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy, your compassion, and your love. Thank you for the time now to look at your word. Glorify Jesus Christ and hear our prayer. We ask in his name. Amen. How many of you want to make a difference? Do you want to make a difference in your home? Do you want to make a difference in your family? How many of you want to make a difference in the community? How about in the world? Do you want to make a difference? 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ came to this earth. And because Jesus Christ came to this earth, this world will never be the same. And if we partner with Jesus Christ, if we follow him and obey him, we can be difference makers in this world, not simply for a few weeks, a few months, a few years, or even for a lifetime. We can be difference makers in a way that will last for all of eternity. How many of you want to make a difference that's going to last for all of eternity? Say amen. 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 I know you do. Think about it. When Jesus Christ left this earth, he left his mission. He left his work into the hands of 11 men, 12 minus Judas. These 11 men gathered together with some other men and women. We will find here in the book of Acts chapter 2 as we continue our series, Unstoppable. And I want you to watch our unstoppable God working in the lives of of his people. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Think about it. 120 followers of Jesus were all gathered at Jerusalem in one place, in a large upper room, probably the same upper room where Jesus ate his last supper with his disciples. Go to verse 2. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven, like a mighty, powerful, violent, gale force, rushing, mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. The scripture doesn't say there was a wind, but rather a sound, like the blowing of a very powerful, mighty Wind. The power of the Holy Spirit was coming in a fresh way to fill everyone who is in the house. Would to God that when we gather for worship on Sundays, that such a power 
such a presence, such an anointing of the Holy Spirit would come upon this place and upon these people and upon our worship as we gather together that we could not help but leave this building changed that we'd be convicted of our sin, that we'd be renewed in our commitment, that we would be changed from the inside out for the honor and glory of God, and then when we leave this place, we could not help but tell the world out there that there is a Savior who died for them. There is a God who loves them, and we have the answer for what it means to have eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Go to verse 3. They saw... What seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them who were gathered there in the building. In the Bible, fire represents the divine presence of God. Several times in the Old Testament, God displayed his presence by fire. Think about it. When Moses was out there watching his father-in-law's sheep in that desert wilderness, he looked off into the distance and he saw a bush that was on fire, but not being consumed. So he walked over to get a closer look and God speaks to him from that bush that was on fire. Fast forward maybe three months or so later. And Moses has gone down to Egypt, and he's led the people of Israel out of Egypt, and they're going through the wilderness on their way to the promised land, and God is leading them. Do you know how God was leading them? With a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Fast forward several hundred more years, and you'll see a prophet by the name of Elijah. Elijah was one of only two men who didn't die. The other one was Enoch. And God came to Elijah in a whirlwind and a chariot of fire. Fast forward to the New Testament. We see John the Baptist saying, that Jesus would baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Fire also represents divine judgment. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 12, John the Baptist warned his hearers that God's winnowing fork was in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Revelation 20, 15 tells us that anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life, was thrown into the lake of fire. You have a choice today. By God's grace, you can give your life to Jesus Christ. You can turn from your sin and believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross that he rose from the dead, and you can give your life to him and one day be with him forever and ever in this incredible place called heaven where there is no more suffering, no more sorrow, no more heartaches, no more problems, no more issues, no more struggles, no more pain, no more bills to pay, no more telemarkers to call, 
no more traffic jams to deal with. No more headaches or heartaches or flu. How many have been sick this year already? Some have family members who are homesick today. None of that will be in heaven. No more nursing homes. No more broken homes. All will be perfect there. If you'll give your life to Jesus Christ, you can be with him forever in heaven. But if you do not receive Christ as your Savior who died for you and your Lord to, to follow and be in charge of your life, you will go to a horrible place called hell, also called the lake of fire. And if I could plead with you today enough, if it would help for me to get down on my knees and beg, if I could coax you, talk to you, do anything for you today that would help you to, to give your life to Jesus Christ, if I could go around tagging people saying, you're saved, you're saved, you're saved, I would do all of that and more. But I can't save anybody. Only Jesus Christ can save someone. But by God's grace, if you're willing to give your life to him, to turn from your sin and place your faith in Jesus Christ, you can live with him forever and ever in this place called heaven and escape the lake of fire. Verse, verse 4 tells us that all of them who were gathered in this room were filled with the Holy Spirit. When a person is filled with the Holy Spirit, he or she may or may not demonstrate tons of emotion. But if a person is genuinely filled with the Holy Spirit, he or she can live under the Holy Spirit's control, like a glove on your fingers. If I were to place this glove on my hand, my hand totally fills up this glove, does it not? So what happens when I close the glove? I close my hand, the glove close. I put up one finger, what does the glove do? Puts up one finger. I put up two fingers, what's the glove do? Puts up two fingers. I put up all my fingers, what's the glove do? It puts up all the fingers. I wiggle my fingers, what's the glove do? It does everything that I do. Why? Because this glove is filled with my hand. Jesus Christ wants to fill us with his Holy Spirit so that we can be directed by, so we can be infilled by, empowered by, led by the Holy Spirit, so everything God would lead us to do, we can do. God wants to fill you with his presence and with his power. Many say that back in the 1800s, Dwight L. Moody was scheduled to preach an evangelistic campaign in England. And Moody was a little younger and not quite as well known, perhaps, at that point in time. And some pastor asked, said, why do we want D.L. Moody to come here to England and, and preach for us? He's rather inexperienced. He's not very educated. He butchers the English language. Does he have a monopoly on the Holy Spirit? And another preacher wisely responded, no, D.L. Moody does not have a monopoly on the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit has a monopoly on him. 
Would to God that the Holy Spirit would have a monopoly on our lives. Not that we walk around like robots without wills and desires and and personalities and actions, but that he would fill us as we allow him to guide us and empower us for living moment by moment and day by day. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not an option. Reserved for the super-Christian. No, this is a command for all of us. Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Continually filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Go to verse 4. All of them, all these people gathered in this room, were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues or languages as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard them speaking in his own language. That was the purpose for the speaking in tongues here in Acts chapter 2. It wasn't for some emotional high. The other tongues here in Acts chapter 2 were known languages to the various groups who heard them. This was truly an amazing miracle as Jews from various parts of the world, either as current residents or as visitors for the celebration of Pentecost, heard believers speak in languages that were native to the many places they represented. It was incredible. Two of the best ways for you to know if you're filled with the Holy Spirit are one, Does the Holy Spirit have a monopoly on your life? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you, to direct you, to give you power and direction for living moment by moment and day by day? And here's a second question. Are you sharing the love and the truth of Jesus Christ with people, with other people when you have the opportunity? You see, all of us know people who do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. And it's our opportunity, it's our privilege and our responsibility to share the good news of Jesus Christ with people. And so that's why we're offering these coffee cups to people for free. And I'm encouraging you to take one of these cups to a local business in our community. And uh, asked them if they would put it on a countertop in their uh, area in some hopefully visible direction or place. And along with that, a sign that says, enjoy a free small coffee, especially coffee or hot chocolate at The Vibe. I've heard of The Vibe here in town. Very popular coffee shop. It's from your friends at Northside Baptist Church. And I'm encouraging you to take at least one, if not more, of those with you. And I'm also going to ask you to take lots and lots of these coins with you to hand out to people. So you can give these to people and say, hey, do you like coffee? If they say yes, say, hey, have have a free coffee from me, all right? Have a free coffee, all right? Just, Just give them to people. You don't have to throw them at people like I do, but you can give them to people, okay? All right? And people ask, I've, I've probably handed out 30 or 40 of them in the last two weeks. People ask, why are you doing this? Are you the owner of the vibes? Like, no, I don't even like coffee. Um, but 
we want to show the love of Jesus to people in a practical way. We want to tell people that we love them and that God loves them. And so here, have a cup of coffee on us. And we've got thousands of these, and, and some people have asked, well, won't that be really expensive? Well, here's what I found out. We've given out probably seven or 800 of these already. There's only about 40 of them that have been turned in so far. So the rest of them people have on their dressers or on their dashboards or they have in their pockets. And they're meaning to get around to turn these things in. But in the meantime, for two or three or four weeks, they've got these little vibe coins that say Northside Baptist Church on the back of them. And it's a great opportunity to invite people to come to worship, to start a gospel conversation. You could even take somebody to coffee and say, hey, coffee's on me today. And they'll say, well, what are you doing with those tokens? I'm paying for your coffee. And you could talk with them about what it means to, to know Christ and how he's working in your life and how he's changed your life. Now, don't tell Tristan we're giving these away the vibe. He works at Starbucks, okay? We would love to do a Starbucks too, but chains don't normally do that with us. But if after the service, you would take a coffee cup and one of those signs with you to a business, we would like to get all of these coffee cups out by the end of this week. And we've given probably 30 or so away in the first service, so I got probably 65 or 70. We had 100 total up here to begin with. If you'll take one or two of those with you, and if after the service, there's still some up there, you want to take more, take them with you. Now, don't do this, though. Don't say, hey, man, give me about 50 tokens. I'll get my coffee fix every day. It's not just really for you, okay? It's for others out there to share the love of Jesus with them, okay? All right, let's continue. Verse 5. Now, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. Jews from far-flung lands and many languages were gathered in Jerusalem at Pentecost, verses 6 and following tells us that those who heard the message in their native languages were utterly amazed. Go to the middle of verse 7. Are not all these men, the people respond, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language, Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, go to verse 11. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Would to God that our lives would be so radically changed by the Holy Spirit of God that people would ask, what does this mean? Why do you live the way that you live? Why do you respond the way that you respond? Why do you treat us in love? Why do you reach out to us? Why do you give me these cups or these coffee coins? Why do you give us this stuff? Why do you... Be so kind to us. And our answer is it's not because of who we are, but it's because of our God and because Jesus Christ came to this earth and he gave his life for you. And we want to share the love of Jesus with you because God has shared his love with us in a so much greater way by sending Jesus Christ, his only begotten son. 
But let me give you a quick word of caution. Just because you're sold out to Jesus does not mean you're going to be popular. Some people will not like it that you stand for the truth of God's word. Some people will not like it that you say Jesus Christ is the only way to God. Some people will not like it if you tell them about how Jesus has changed your life. Some people will post things negatively about you and other Christians on Facebook. It's going to happen, okay? It's part of living in the world. But our greatest desire is not to be popular with the world. Our greatest desire is to honor Jesus Christ. And that's why we reach out in his name. These coins and coffee cups, that's not the only thing that we do. We've trained people in evangelism. We've been in advertisements at the movie theater, and we do all kinds of things with Facebook. We've done direct mail. We've done all kinds of different things, radio, you name it. But the desire is the same, to share with people the love and the truth of Jesus Christ so that their lives might be changed as well. Somebody once criticized the famous evangelist D.L. Moody and said, I don't like the way you're doing evangelism. D.L. Moody said, well, how do you do evangelism? They said, well, I don't really do it. D.L. Moody said, I like the way I'm doing evangelism better than the way that you're not doing it. God is calling us to share the love and the truth of Jesus Christ with a world that desperately needs to know him. Go to verse 13. Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. The people thought the disciples of Jesus were drunk. Even though people were critical of Peter, he still preached the good news. And Peter didn't mince any words. He preached the gospel clearly. He preached it boldly, and he preached it plainly. Listen, we are always looking for ways to improve our methods for getting the gospel out to people. That's why we do this coffee cups. That's why we do these tokens. That's why you take the sign with the coffee cup to explain what it's about. That's why Saturday before Easter we're doing the basket case. It's the similar thing, a very similar thing to what we did in the fall, only this will be more of an Easter kind of spring theme and hopefully encouraging, inviting people to come to church on the, the next day on Easter Sunday. That's why we're trying to improve our website. How many of you have seen our website in the last week or two? It's, it's gotten a whole lot better. It's going to keep on getting better. That's why our youth do disciple now. Is because it's an opportunity to share the love and the truth of Jesus in a way that they might not always be able to get on a Sunday morning. It's been two or three years ago. We had the entire, almost entire, central hardened color guard in our house for Disciple Now. There's about 15 girls there, and I would say 10 of them had no church background whatsoever just didn't really understand anything about what it meant to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and we got to share with them in a way that we wouldn't have got to share without doing things like that. That's why we do what we do, because we want to share the love and the truth of Jesus Christ with a world that desperately needs to know him. We're always trying to improve our methods, but we cannot improve 
on the message. There's only one message. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That gospel will never change. Jesus Christ was born. He lived a perfect, sinless life. He died on the cross for your sins and mine. Three days later, he rose from the dead. And one day, he's coming back again. Do you believe that? If he comes back the next time, he's coming back as King of kings and Lord of lords. And if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, I encourage you. Give your life to Jesus Christ today.